Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our rebranded podcast called Miles Apart. <laughs> you say hi as well. <laughs> well hi. hi, people. Welcome. So we've, we've had um, many different uh, technical difficulties throughout the last couple of weeks. That's why we haven't been uploading anything um, in the past. But um, with a new technology, we hope that um, we can make it happen this time. We have been recording, though, just unsuccessfully. Yes. So um, I say let's jump back into um, what we've pretty much discussed the last couple of times that were not uploaded. Um, so I'm going to start saying that. This was now 10 days ago. I ran my first half marathon in Zurich. Um, and that was a, a very interesting, um, experience, I would say. I think to start how we started last time, maybe go and like, give some detail why you did it. Yeah. Like what, what led up to it first? Um, so I've been just getting back into running, um, and one time, this sounds very stupid, but like I was listening to this one podcast that was really interesting and I was just running and then which, which one? Um, I think it was, um, it's like this German TV host slash company owner slash podcast personality. His name is Klaus and he has like this um, podcast called Late Night Berlin. Um, mm. and he just goofs around with two of his best friends. They just talk what's been new in their lives and it's just easy to listen to. It's, it's very comedic, but it's also like just life stuff. And I just, I just forgot time and it was like an hour, 40 minutes episode. Um, and so at some point I look on my phone and I'm like, oh, I did 20 kilometers. <laughs> mm. Um, so I think then like the idea started to grow because I saw that I'm actually capable of running more than like 10 or 15 kilometers. Mm -hmm. um, and I, well, I realized how much or like how close I was to an actual half marathon. And then I figured why not actually like do an actual half marathon once. Um, and then I saw that the Zurich marathon, which has like the marathon, half marathon and like a 10 K. Um, mm -hmm. I just figured why not, um, be a nice challenge. Um, it would give me a goal. And so I signed up and then my dad, who's been a runner for like years, um, got really excited and he bet me that if I would run under one hour and 40 minutes, he would pay me all the like sign up fees. And I did it in one hour, 37 minutes and 30 seconds. So. I won. <laughs> <laughs> so going back before you crossed and won, um, can you go into detail kind of how you felt the morning of, or I don't know, like how you slept the night before and uh, maybe like how you got to the race or basically just explain before the race, what was going on? in your own description? Um, 
So we did actually talk and once tried to record a podcast where you kind of gave me tips such as eat a lot of like pasta the night before, go to bed early. Um, and since the race was on a Sunday, I had one friend over, we made some good pasta, had some good talks. I didn't drink any alcohol um, because I was like, if I'm going to do this like this way, I'm, I want to do it the correct way and try to like win my dad's bet. So I went to bed early, slept totally fine. And like on the way to the actual venue, I started getting not like nervous, but more like the one thing that kept me stressed, like stressed was more like I knew that I could do it. I knew I could do it at one hour 40, but I was just concerned if I would start too fast I could like burn through all my energy and then actually not be able to like finish in time. Mm. Um, so yeah, so, yeah. Like going at the start, um, you've never done like a race. So how would you, uh, describe the start of the race? I'm sure everyone was like going really fast and everything was exciting and it was really crowded. Well, yeah, I mean, the start is, is an absolute shit show. Um, I was happy I could find the guy, the pacer. Um, so they had like these pacers with like little backpacks and like little flags and it said mm -hmm. one hour 40. And I was like, I'm just going to try and run with him the entire thing. And then like, try to do like a sprint on the last three kilometers to make mm -hmm. sure that I'm under one hour and 40. Um, and as soon as we started, it was like, it was pretty much elbows out <laughs> fighting for your own little space. And, um, I just didn't really get into my rhythm for the first couple of kilometers because like you want to run fast, you want to keep up pace with that pacer. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to run too fast. So it's, it's very difficult. You don't really get into a rhythm. And at some point I just overtook him because I saw like an opening in front of me. Um, and yeah, and as soon as I did that, I was locked in and I was able to just run. And I want to say like kilometer six or seven, something like that. I looked back and I saw the pacers like 500 meters behind me. And I was like, all right, I'll just continue on my pace, mm -hmm. um, which worked well. But you also gave me the good tip of drinking water during a run to stay hydrated and keep your like strength. Mm -hmm. What I didn't had counted or like thought about is that I've never drank water during a run, especially not at this pace. Mm -hmm. So they had like these, this, like these stations where they would like have cups of water. So I grabbed one and I tried to drink it, but I nearly threw up because my body was like, nope, <laughs> you can't be running that fast and drink water. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So then I decided to just like pour the water over my head. And at the next station, I figured I'll just do the same again because it felt refreshing and I felt sort of good. But I grabbed power, Powerade or Gatorade, whatever. And I poured that over my head and that was sticky as hell. <laughs> And I was just like, of course, this happens to me during this moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. It was such a good experience. Um, what were you wearing? Like, was it just like normal clothes or like your workout clothes? Or did you have like specific things that you had for the race? 
No, I mean, I have, sounds funny, but like I work out like five to six times a week and I have one pair of shorts to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I always go into the stores and I'm like, I don't want to spend another 60 bucks or like 40 bucks for a pair of shorts. Like no one mm -hmm. cares. No one sees it. I have different shirts. Fine enough. Mm -hmm. Um, haters will call me out. I know that. Um, but yeah, I wore them. Um, my dad was nice enough to gift me, what are they called? Nike vapor Vaporfly? Yes. The vapor flies, because apparently there were too small for him. I kind of doubt that, but I mean, he's being I, nice. And that's my guessing, but they m helped. Like I see why they're like so hyped. They're really good shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wore those, I have my Apple watch, my AirPods. I don't know. There is nothing specific to that. You can tell based on who you are, how you care more about like the tech that you're wearing than the clothes. <laughs> yes. Very important to wear an Apple watch so I can track myself, which kind of helped me because like it, whenever it tells me like, this is your pace and all that, I know that I need to stay in that sort of rhythm. Um, mm -hmm. And the Apple Watch is super handy because you can listen to music or like I was listening to a podcast and you don't have to wear a phone, like take a phone with you, which is just nice. So you can like focus more. And yeah, AirPods is the only way to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I wish uh, I had like a watch or something that let me not have a phone, but I'm so used to running with the phone now. It's kind of weird to not. I just run it with it, my hand. I don't know. I mean, there's advantages and disadvantages. The advantage with a phone is that you have much more battery life. Um, an Apple watch, like I start the race with like 99% battery and I ended the race with like 40%. Mm. So, I mean, it's a series six, so it's not the newest model, but like it drains fast. So like if you do anything above I don't know, 25 kilometers, you can't track your run and listen to a podcast simultaneously. A battery is just not strong enough. Yeah, they do have the new Apple Watch, like the Ultra. Apple Watch Ultra. Those yeah. are for like trail runners that like go running for hours and hours. Yeah. But I've been looking at getting a watch like Koros has a watch or a couple watches. They have one that's like, I don't even know, like, $800, but it's, it's crazy. You can, you can use it for like a month without charging. Like it's, it's insane. Whoa. Yeah. And it has like GPS, like everything, like play music, touchscreen, like everything. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for years I've been saying that I don't think an Apple watch is necessary, but I got a gift from my dad for my for Christmas, and mm -hmm. I've been wearing it ever since. Um, it's super useful. It can, especially when you do a lot of sports. It's nice. You can like keep track of your stuff. It gives you an extra extra push. Um, but yeah, I mean, didn't really change my run. I mean, it's a nice yeah. Gadget. Like at the end of the day, it's about the running. So, well, I mean, it did change it a little bit because. I'm sh you didn't have your phone on you, so your the AirPods were connected to your watch, and that's how you listen to yeah whatever you, what were you listening to music or uh, I was listening to a um podcast about football 
<laughs> Which just helped me because like they were just debating and like sometimes they like get not mad, but like pissy at each other. And like, I think it's funny. So sometimes I even laugh during running, which is just a weird situation when like everyone is like running really fast and one guy just starts chuckling during a race. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. Oh, you yeah. can go. No, no, you go. go. I was just going to say, I don't know why when I am in a race, I get in like this mode of just like ultimate like focus like zone in where i just don't listen to anything unless i'm feeling like really bad towards the end but i don't know yeah i don't i mean no <laughs> i mean yes i get really into it as well but it's just like for me like running it helps me to listen to something because i hate just running without sound Mm -hmm. like I can't listen to myself breathing and running for an hour and a, like 37 minutes or I don't want to. And then like a podcast just helps me to like think about other things. And then like I'm still competitive, but like it helps my brain or like my mind to like settle more on like the continuous challenge instead of like trying to run as fast as I can for like two mm -hmm. kilometers and being burnout. I feel like it allows you to calm down because if you weren't listening to something, you'd be so focused on running a race that you would be like, I'm going to go so fast right now. And so it like slows you down. Yeah, <clears throat> I totally agree. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, it, the, I think the one thing that I, well, it was, it was my biggest scare and it actually happened is that I started way too fast. And I think from kilometer 12 on, I started noticing like, oof, it's going to be difficult, mm -hmm. um, which is just such a shitty situation because, you know, you still have nine kilometers to go. And I didn't want it to start walking because mm -hmm. my mind wouldn't let me do that. And then like the one thing that really helped is like you have like all these crowds at the very end of like the race. And then like you have, I don't know hundreds of people and then since you have like your name on the tag everyone is like screaming your name and then you're just like all right i'll do it i can do it but since i started sprinting too fast <laughs> i started burning myself even more so it was difficult mm. but i got there and my girlfriend was there so luckily she brought me some water and saved the day were they handing out beers at the end um, no, they have, um, it's called vitamin. Well, it's kind of like vitamin water. Um, mm -hmm. it's like a Swedish brand, but it's super popular here. And they had like one that they just handed out and like nuts and bananas and mm. all that type of stuff. But you could, like, I saw people drinking beer afterwards. I just didn't want it to do that. Yeah. I don't know why, but like runners love beer especially after races and i'm like one i don't really like drinking in the first place so beer is like fine to me but i don't really like it but two it's like after i run a half marathon or something i'm not gonna want like alcohol you know i'm so tired like i don't want a beer but people like do you know what a shoey is uh remind me i'm not sure so um Let's say I go for a marathon and my time is 
my PR is like a three thirty, and I go and run like a three hour marathon. Like I beat my PR, so they'll literally take the shoes that they just ran a marathon in, take it off, put beer, like a whole beer in it, and chug it out of the shoe. Yeah, so I've been watching Formula One, and there's this one guy, his name is Daniel Ricardo, and he does this. And I mean, sure, but like, I would never want to drink a beer out of my f shoe that I just ran in for like one hour and a half or whatnot. <laughs> Hell I mean, no. you have you have no idea what's in there. Like you're walking on your feet beforehand, and then it's like in the shoe for that long, and Hell no. warm and sweaty. Hell no, never. Not interested. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think runners have some <laughs> weird tendencies, but it's funny. yeah, but the beer, I understand because beer is like, it's really refreshing as a drink. And it's like, it's either water because it refreshes you and it like, it stays in your body. Like, I mean, yes, other drinks stay as well, but like, it gives you the feel or like the, you feel like you had something to drink. Like with a Coke, you just want to drink more and more, but you never get like the feeling of like, I've had enough. You know what I mean? And with beer, it's the same type of thing, like with water, plus it has like calories in it. So like after a run, you burn through a lot of calories. So I see it, but yeah, same. I wouldn't want to have a beer after a run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's more just like celebratory, like let's say for a birthday or something, you go and drink, it's kind of the same thing. You're you achieve something that you've been working so hard. Well, not maybe not you. per se, but most people like train for a while to run a half marathon or something like that. So Yeah, true. I also went only, I trained three times, so <laughs> it's not a lot. yeah, I think our, um, physical, like daily movements in our age allows us to do stuff like that. But <laughs> I mean, you got to see so many people that like came from different backgrounds and have different body types and stuff. They all, Do races like that. that is very true, but I will say... I don't think that everyone is as like <clears throat> moves as much as like you or me do per se. Cause I know people who like, I don't have a public transport like membership. I own, I bike everywhere. I try to walk. I like run to the gym. Like I try to do Mm this -hmm. extra stuff that I know a lot of people don't like nothing bad about it. I just, see the money I can save and I prefer being outside doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that attributes you <clears throat> to for running like an hour and 37 minute um, yeah. have a marathon, which Yeah. is a great time for your first one, you know. I was very proud. I mean, I did not ex like usually the thing is the three times I trained, I did have like steeper routes. which yes, Mm hmm. makes a massive difference. I noticed that, but I was like, the fastest I did was like one hour 45. So I didn't really know how fast I could actually go. So getting there at one hour, 37, 30, I was just like, whoa, I, I was so much faster, like insane. It's amazing how uh, people can get down to like one hour, two minute. Like, that's insane. I couldn't imagine going that fast for that long, you know?
I think I talked with my dad about it and he said, I'm at the stage now where it's easy to lose some minutes over like a half marathon. But if you like, let's say if I say I want to run my next marathon in one hour and 25 minutes, that requires so much more exercising. And then you have to like specifically train for that. And I'm like, I don't train per, like only for a half marathon. I like to train in general. Yeah, I think um, there's one thing about training to do multiple things. And then if you're training just to do a single thing and shave off a couple of minutes, like it takes way more effort. So like, yeah. If you generalize and you train for doing a bunch of different sports, it's easier and less like strenuous to do. Like you don't have to do the exact same thing over and over, you know, mm -hmm. but like to shave off five, 10 minutes on your half marathon, it's like way more science to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But let's talk about your upcoming race. What are you doing again? Tell this to the audience because I'm mesmerized every time I hear it. Yeah, so the past two times that we've had this um, <laughs> podcast that ha will not be put up because it didn't work, um, this race has been creeping up on me. And now we're at the week of the race. And... I am running a 100-mile or 160-kilometer uh, trail race in Utah in the Salt Flats. So I'm actually very anxious this week. I've been really? I've been on edge for, like, the past few days. Yesterday, I watched, like, four documentaries on 100-mile uh, races, and one, it it kind of like put me in the mode of the race because mm -hmm. I can like feel the feeling of doing it. And then two, like seeing everyone finish, it's like kind of emotional to see like people put in that much effort and um, time and their emotions too. And then they get to finish and I'm like, I'm about to cry. And it's, I'm not a, like, I'm not an emotional person at all, but like, I don't know why, but stuff like that, like makes me like tear up when people like, put in that much effort and then finish. Yeah, but I agree. I mean, it it's insane. Like you're doing 160 kilometers. Yeah. The good thing is I have a big crew. So Candace, my girlfriend's going to be there. And then my parents, my sister, and then three of my buddies. So um, I have plenty of people to run with me and come support and make sure I'm not like on the ground without a leg or something. Mm -hmm. But hopefully, hopefully it works out. Let's give the audience more insight. So to, under, to make them understand, this is not 160 kilometers where you have infinite time or whatever. You're running the entire thing in one session. Mm -hmm. So the cutoff is 36 hours, but um, I'm shooting for less than 24 hours. Jeez. That's my goal. And the stupid thing is uh, I decided to, well, the race is on Friday at 7 a.m. 
And let's say I get it done in exactly 24 hours. I'll be done at 7 a.m. on Saturday. I My flight back home to Chicago is Saturday at like 6 p.m. <laughs> so I'm going to be so tired on that plane. Like literally, like I don't even know if I'll be able to sit down. And then when I'm sitting down on the plane afterwards, getting up after like a three-hour flight, you know. So I'm not sure you'll be able to actually walk into the into the airport. They're gonna be like people are gonna be like looking at me like, "What is wrong with this dude?" Because I'll I will be I might have to request a wheelchair. Yeah. Not even kidding. I'm pretty sure you will have to do that. Yeah. But um, tell us a bit more about your strategy and why do you have your buddies there? Like, explain more of that. So, typically for an ultra marathon, which is anything longer than a marathon, so it starts at like 50k and up, you can have pacers. So, um, let's say at a 100 mile race, normally you can start at mile 50, you can have pacers. Um, basically if you were my pacer, you would just meet me at the aid station and then run with me, make sure that I'm hydrated and my spirits are up and I don't quit and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, as you know, running with somebody or like just having that exterior motivation, like having people cheer you on and stuff, it goes a long way, especially mm -hmm. when you're at a longer distance so to have um like jake he's gonna run like 15 miles with me we're gonna be running from like 11 p.m to 2 a.m together so we're wow. gonna we're gonna have like headlamps on like it's required to have headlamps and uh reflective like back straps so we're gonna be running in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere like wow no civilization anywhere is uh, the is the like um the routes like marked or anything or is it just like you have a map and you sort of have to follow it they mark it i don't really know a lot of the places they say they're it's not well marked so honestly i'm kind of nervous about getting lost but i'll have my phone on me um but yeah, they, they have like cones and markings like in certain areas. Mm -hmm. um, but fingers crossed that I don't get lost in the middle of uh, Utah and I'll be okay. Let's hope so. Yeah, but the, the strategy is to, it's like a six mile pattern. So the first five I run at, 11 minute per mile pace which you don't really do miles so i don't really know what that is uh it's very it's pretty slow it's pretty slow mm -hmm. and then the last mile of the six mile uh pattern is like walking would you say slow like i don't know like six to seven minutes per kilometer as a pace um Let's see, 11 minute, uh, 
Yeah, like six thirty or something okay. around there. Yeah, so that's so so pretty slow. I basically been training this whole time to make it super easy. Like I need to be running to the effect of being so bored out of my mind. Like I, I need to be running and it feels like I'm standing still. Like my body is just like not exerting energy at that point. Yeah. Mm. It's so interesting because you saying I want to be as bored as possible during a run sounds funny because you're running a 160 kilometer run to be bored. <laughs> you see the thing? <laughs> I think people run 100-mile races and stuff like that um, to to get to the point of where, let's say, at mile 80, you want you you question your reason why. You question yourself. And to be able to push forward, you learn a lot about yourself. And um, you gain some resilience that you can transfer over to other portions of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you don't really have a strong why, um that you end up quitting. So and I think you can transfer that to life because um there's plenty of times when you're like, My job sucks or um this day is terrible, but you kinda gotta keep going, or I mean what else are you gonna do? Yeah, you always need a certain motivation, but I feel like it's much more important to, during such a race where it's physical and you're going to be in pain, which I mean, no doubt it's going to happen at some point. So mm -hmm. I can see. I mean, plenty of people like lose toenails and the the skin on the bottom of their feet are gone by the end of it. And Ugh. like people literally have like started walking backwards because they can't go forwards. It hurts so bad. And <laughs> it's amazing how mentally and physically your body is so connected, but you can override your like physical body with your mental body or mental heart. True. But how did you like, what was the reason to sign up for such? Cause like right now it, I can see the the interest, but I, I also hear a lot of like negatives. And so far the question comes up and I feel like for normal people, it's like why in general, but for me, it's more like, how did you have this idea to do like that much? Um, well, I think the first time I ever heard of it was um, t from two different people. There was... David Goggins, I don't know if you know who that is. Mm -mm. Um, he's very popular in America right now. He was in the Navy SEALs. He, do you know about the Navy SEALs and how they had to do like the Hell Week and everything? Yes. So like for a week, they basically don't sleep and they are put through like this rigorous trial and everything. And he, he, he saw a TV show about it. And at the time, he was, like, 290 pounds, like, overweight, like, exterminator. And he was like, I really want to do it. So he called up his local, like, Navy recruiter. And they're like, you – they brought him in. And he was – they were like, you need to lose at least 100 pounds to even be considered. So in two weeks, 
or two months, he lost a hundred pounds. Wow. And then proceeded to like do the hell week in Navy SEALs. Um, but something happened like a complication with his heart or something or his blood where they had to like medically release him. And so he did the hell week three times. And the only reason why he passed the third time is because he got through hell week and then there was two different portions and on the water portion, um, everyone in that group passes if someone dies and someone literally died in the training. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he goes through that. He's like one of the only 30 black men in the Navy, in the Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. And then um, he finds out that he has like a hole in his heart. So then he can't be like deployed. So he becomes like the spokesperson for the Navy and he goes all around um, the country, like speaking about it. And then, um, do you know, do you watch the movie, The Lone Survivor? No, it doesn't ring a bell. So basically there was this, um, this thing that happened in the military where, um, a bunch of people on a helicopter like died. So mm -hmm. all these soldiers died and he decided to raise money for those families. So their kids could go to college for free. And he searched like world's hardest run or races around the world. And he found, uh, like the Badwater 240, which is 240 miles and like the hottest place in the world. So wow. he would, he called up the race director and He's like, I want to run this race, like explains the whole story. And he's like, the director's like, have you ran a hundred miles before at least? And he's like, no. He's like, well, you have to qualify. You can't just like come and run it. <laughs> so he signs up for a hundred mile race and he's like 250 pounds at that point or whatever. He signs up for the race for a hundred mile race, like three days later shows up with like saltine crackers and a bottle of water and at mile 70 he's literally pissing blood and pooping himself oh and he still goes and finishes he he after the 100 mile uh after running 100 miles he runs another mile just to make sure that um like he ran the 100 because he didn't want to be like oh i like miscounted so he finishes that and then he decides to, he does the bad water, he does everything. And then he even runs eight 100 mile races and eight weekends. Like eight weeks consecutive? Yeah. How is that even possible? What? I don't know. So I found this guy by listening to a podcast between Rich Roll, the host and David Goggins. I ended up reading David Goggins' book. So that, like, mm -hmm. made me want to run through a brick wall um, and, like, inspired me to get into running. And then Rich Roll um, inspired me to do, like, endurance events because he did Ultraman, which is um, two Ironmans back-to-back, -back, doing him at the same time. Um, and he did that when he was, like, 42. Like, he was an alcoholic went to rehab for like half a year and like just figure it out 
um, being vegan was the best thing for him and stuff. So that's why, one, I tried to, or am vegan now, and I started, and then got into, like, long endurance racing. But then I found that I like going far. It's fun to me and kind of meditative to go pretty far. I agree. I've never done distances like you do, but I can understand and see what you mean with being meditating. Mm -hmm. I think humans, humans are like born to travel landscapes with our feet, you know? So I think it's in our nature. Yeah. I mean, our body, if you think about it that way, like, thousands of years ago, like our, like, you know, like Homo erectus or whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, their bodies were built very differently, super muscular. They were, I mean, that's all they did run, hunt, eat, like th that was their life. And we've gotten just very lazy. So I think it's also like a way of, you have people like this guy you just talked about, or like you were like, I want to get back in such a shape maybe um and i feel like there's a difference between like people just doing sports to look good or like to fit in but then there's the people who have like this determination where it's like i actually want to try it because i know my body will be capable at some point but i just want to test it and i can see that like not gonna lie i'm intrigued by it i don't know if i would do like a 160 kilometer run a hundred 160 kilometer run mm -hmm. But I'm not going to say, hell no, never, ever. I've just realized that I want to do next up a marathon. But like, I can see how like you start with like 10 kilometers and then you kind of like it and you're like, all right, maybe let's do half marathon and you get like marathon. And then I can see how you ended up doing 160 kilometers on Friday. Yeah, I, I started running during COVID. So the gyms weren't open and really not a lot of people were out running because obviously like there was a pandemic happening, yeah. but I didn't want to just be stuck inside the entire time. So in Chicago, I just ran along the lakefront when I could. And I challenged myself to run 10 miles a day, five in the morning, five at night for like a month. And I hated it. So I stopped and then like a week or two later, I was like, man, I kind of like missed doing that. So I just started running again, but less like strict 10 miles every single day and more mm -hmm. like, and I got interested in like, how do you actually run races and stuff like that? So I did some Google searches and watched some YouTube videos and signed up for my first marathon. Yeah. It's interesting, I think. I was just thinking about that is that um, I feel like you start doing like the normal ish type of like running. And then at some point you got bored and wanted to do like a more an extreme version of it. And I sort of understand it because I've been doing like, you know, going to the gym normal without really knowing a lot about it. Like I knew what was good and what was not, but like, I didn't have like an actual workout plan or I'd like, I didn't eat accordingly and like whatnot. And I've been getting into like a diet now and whatnot. And I started this week. So this is very new with, I keep on forgetting the name, kinesthetic, 
um, calisthenics, calisthenics, and basically to people who don't know what it is, it's like, instead of like going to a gym and doing like, I don't know, bench press and like, I don't know, taking some weights or like doing a machine for like your chest, you do like so many different ways of like push-ups and like push push-ups that I didn't even know existed or were physically possible. And like, it's the same thing with like, I feel like with that running you're describing at first, if, you, if I would have looked at it from like a year ago, I would have never wanted to do this, what I'm doing right now. But it gets more interesting because you do stuff that is so much more exciting. It's more challenging. Like I did this yesterday and like I can feel my chest burning today and my abs because I only did chest and abs. But it's like this guy, he's like this YouTube trainer and like very known apparently in this world and all that. And like it's insane the stuff you do and like you feel much more better. Like you just feel better because it's like you did the extra mile instead of just like being lazy and like sitting on the machine and like pushing a little bit. It's like mm. you try to do something so different, but like push yourself. I think it's good to do new things often, you know, mm -hmm. um, like yeah. you doing that um, new workout because it can feel like a, like life itself can feel like a slog if you just do the same thing over and over. And yes, habits are important, but it's also important to become a student again and learn something new. I think when you, when your whole life is just a habit, it speeds up and then you're like, oh my gosh, I, a month just went by and I like, what happened, you know, yeah. but if you do something new, you learn how to go and do boxing or you do yoga for the first time, it kind of ignites something within you and sparks something. And that's why I went from, um, training for a marathon to running my first ultra marathon and then um a year later now i'm doing my first ultra ultra marathon i guess if you want to say it that way i ran a 50 my first 50 was last um 2022 april yeah i think it was in april mm -hmm. and so within a year span i've done three ultras one six hour race and then two fifties. And so trying new things, you know, it's just fun yeah. to do hmm. different stuff. Yeah. Well, I think it's either you're like in a team sport and it's, I don't know, you're maybe one of the best players in the team. So at some point you start like moving up the ranks, you change teams, whatnot. So it gets more exciting. Or the problem is when you do these like solo sports, like, is it running or like going to the gym? At first, it seems to be more like a health thing. Like I want to do this because it's healthy. Sure. There's people who like, I know my dad, he's been running for ages, like 15 or like 16 kilometer races, half marathons, and he's totally fine with it. And there's nothing wrong with it. But I think for some people at some point, this might not be boring, but like for me, the gym, like it was nice, but I wasn't, I was just going there because the routine said I had to. And now of like doing something else or like with you running like these super long distances, it changes up the thing. And then you start to be more interested in like everything that comes with it. So like nutrition or like food, like sleeping and like health in general, because honestly, like 
for the last two years I've been going like I mean I've been going for to a gym longer than that but like just for the last two years I've just been going there I didn't really care about nutrition or like anything and now I'm starting to like realize if I want to lose body fat and like weight but like build up muscle but like not like bodybuilder muscle but like more like muscles because that's like toned and, more toned not really so like the calisthenics calisthenics yeah yes so the difference is like if you go to the gym usually it's like to build up the muscle that it looks big but it's only capable of doing these machines but it's not like it doesn't mean it's just because you can like i don't know bench press like i don't know 150 kilos it doesn't mean that you can do like some crazy exercise in calisthenics it, it doesn't it, it doesn't transfer to like real movements you know like no. when are you going to use a bench press in your life you know exactly. but like if you do a muscle up or a push up or something like you can transfer that to something else exactly and it's much more healthy and like this guy like i mean yes now i'm getting into it and he's like do this and eat this and like do this. And then he has like these comparison videos where he meets up with like body, like, like, like trainers, like people who like just train to be big, like bodybuilders. Mm -hmm. And like, he gives them these, like for him, easy level calisthenics exercises, and they're not capable of doing it. And it's insane. Like these guys are shredded. Like you would think they could do it easily. And like, he's thinner, more toned, but he has like these different strengths. Like, I mean, sure, if you would put him on the bench press, he couldn't bench as much as they can. But it's just like, I don't want to be that big, but I just want to have the strength. So that's the perfect way for me. And the beauty about it is like, you can go to a gym and do additional workouts to that, where you can use like dumbbells and like, I don't know, like stuff you need to do, or like, I don't know, whatever you want to do there. But you can also like, like my biggest issue was when I would go on a week or like two week holiday, I wouldn't go to a gym. So I felt like I'm not doing anything. I'm losing my weight, like my muscles and all that. But with calisthenics, you can do it anywhere. You don't need any like stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all just body weight stuff. And one, it's more accessible. And two, it's less for vanity. It's less to look like the typical, um, muscular bodybuilder you know yeah. i think a lot of people go to the gym um yeah they want to be healthy but really they just want to look good i mean know? yeah fair enough i mean so I've, so do i like i i mean i started doing calisthenics because yes it is a source of looking good but also like feeling really good mm -hmm. it's i think it's more there's more positives for your whole body and your health whereas um, power lifting and stuff like that is just for the muscles. I wouldn't say it's as good for your, like, um, your bones and whatnot. That I don't know. It's so different. But what I can say is that yesterday I only did abs and chest and I bur burnt in an hour, 850, um, calories, only active calories that I was, I think it was like a total of 1000. And usually when I would go to a gym and do like a full body workout, I would burn like 500. So like it's a massive difference. Mm -hmm. 
And like I was like I went in with a light gray shirt, which probably was a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. And I walked out with a very dark shirt. So <laughs> I think you understand what happened there, but I've never yeah. had this before. Like my my hair was as wet as if I would have gotten out of the shower. And I've never had this in the gym to this point before. Uh yeah, and I think um like trying something new like that is it brings it brings uh excitement to your life, you know, especially for yeah. something so physical like that. Yeah, but at the, on the one side, I I feel like you need to be the person, like you need to be a certain you have you need to have a certain character to be interested in such like an exercise or like such a way of working out or like doing stuff. Because like I feel most of the people want to go to a gym to look good, which is totally fine. Because I do it. I mean, same motivation here, besides other factors, and it's easier to just say like, I'm gonna go to a gym and then like sit on a machine and like you know push the bar a bit, instead of saying I'm gonna go to a gym and do 40 minutes of crazy push-ups and stuff where I feel like my chest is gonna explode at some point. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like you need to, first of all, be already in maybe in shape to do it or also like be very interested in doing it. Same with like mm -hmm. running. Like I feel like more people, if you would say, hey, do you want to run a 10K? People would be like, I can try. But if I would say, do you want to run a mar marathon or like you, like a 100 kilometer run, a 160 kilometer run, I would say most of people will say, uh-uh, no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's fair makes sense but it's uh it's, it's very different i think everyone has their their own motivations for things and um it's important to just keep track of what you're motivated for you know yeah. um not so much like worry about what other people are doing but um just keep yourself motivated trying new things um learning about let's say you go to the gym for two years and you it's just kind of like a slog you just go and whatever like you can learn about i'm feeling things like the science of getting muscle or, or like have the mm -hmm. proper form for specific workouts or like a different form of working out like calisthenics or mm -hmm. yoga or dancing zumba yeah true um what are you like doing to prepare for your like today it's tuesday um when we're recording so what are you doing on wednesday and thursday before your <clears throat> run are you like doing anything specific to get your body and your mind at ease um so today is my last day i'm going to run beforehand and I'm going to run at night just to test like my headlamps to see how they mm -hmm. work. So they're not like bobbing all, all over my mm -hmm. forehead. But besides that, I'm really just resting, maybe some stretching, focusing on what I'm eating. Um, just trying not to eat like crap. Um, yeah. Staying off my legs and... Yeah, I mean, I'll fly. I mean, flying is not the greatest thing to do when you're about to run 160 kilometers. But 
Um, besides that, just it's kind of just trying to stay in your typical weekly rhythm, like not mm-hmm. trying to do anything off the beaten path because you want your body to just feel like ready to go, normal. Um, but I had like this whole training plan you build up and build up and, uh, like two weeks ago on Saturday, I ran 30 miles. Um, and then after that, the mileage drops down. So that week I probably ran like 75, 80 miles that week. And then after that, I just, it kind of tapers off. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what are your like main goals besides like obviously achieving it and running hopefully in under 24 hours? Like what else are you looking for anything in this race as like an answer or like, I don't know, like a, a gain or. Um, uh, one thing is like just the achievement for myself. I feel like I will just. There's something about setting a goal, working towards it, and then accomplishing it that is satisfying. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is I, before I signed up for the race, I went to my dad and I was like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this 100-mile race. Um, I want you to run, like, the last four miles with me. And he, my dad is not in shape like at all it doesn't work out eats like crap typical american father you know in his 50s and so as i have gotten healthier the more i feel like the weight on my shoulders of kind of leaning him towards being more healthy like i want him to be at my wedding and to be with his grandkids and stuff later on. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to have like some um, special moment with him. Cause he's, he agreed to run like the last four miles with me. So hopefully in that stretch, he can kind of understand why I do the things that I do. And then maybe it'll lead him to being a little bit more healthy in whatever way. But that's, that's what's been on my mind. Damn. I, I, I like that. That's very powerful and very nice. But I will say, I can see you running 96 miles before him joining. And I feel like he's going to see the misery in your face. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just, you know, like, he's going to be like, hmm, this boy ran for like 23 hours now. But yeah, I mean, totally. I hope that that would be dope that if he sees what you've been doing and like, he will be proud, like, come on, like, Mm. who does this? Like, Mm -hmm. this is insane. So, I mean, he's going to be like, damn, my son is doing that. And he asked me to run the last four miles with him. That's big. Yeah, I mean, it, it would feel great to like have my parents be like, I'm so proud of you, but it's more of just, you know, they've taught me so much. And so now I kind of want to 
not teach them something, but show them. Because like when you get older, it's hard to change. Mm -hmm. Like you get, they're in such a habit of eating the way they eat and not really working out and stuff. So um, maybe kind of pulling them into it and having that special experience with my dad will ignite a fire in him or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can see it. Damn. But would you say that them telling you or showing you that they're proud of you is something important to you after a race? Or is it something like, you know, will be around, like, whether they say it or not? Like, are you seeking that? Or do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think part of me and I think anyone wants somebody to, their parents to say that they're proud of them or they're proud of me. Um, like, of course, I want them to say that they're proud. And I would say that my dad is not as vocal. He's not one to say, like, you're doing a great job or you did something well or something like he like growing up he just never did that so of mm -hmm. course if he said that it would make me happy but i yeah. know like deep down that they are proud of me in general so it's not that i need it but i would i would appreciate it it would make me feel good yeah totally i can see that i mean i would say that generally speaking dads are the ones that are less vocal about their emotions mm -hmm. like i know that feeling i have had that issue with my dad as well but i can see like when i do these races or like when i speak with him about racing how proud he is about me doing this stuff mm -hmm. well i think there's a a different connection like your dad has been into running for however long yeah, um true. so now you have that different bond with each other you know yeah, and i'm sure true. down the line when you run your marathon and maybe he's running it with you um your connection will be stronger like it'll grow and um i never like yes my dad was my coach for sports when i was younger but i never had experiences like I will have this Friday at the race with him. Um, so I think if anything, I want to finish just to have the experience in my memory um, mm -hmm. to like kind of remember my dad in a sense, which is not why I signed up for it. But the more the closer I get to it, the race, I am thinking about it more. I don't know. Isn't it interesting how sometimes motivations are hidden in our soul and then only show up shortly before the actual moment? Mm -hmm. I feel yeah, like I'm like, I'm like thinking about like picturing the moment of like crossing the finish line and I'm not even thinking about like me having ran the hundred miles. I'm just thinking about like the people around me, you know? And like the mm -hmm. feeling of like accomplishing it with everybody. Yeah. 
that shows you. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we want, our loved ones around us. And it makes us even happier when they can share that moment with us. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, think I was just going to say, um, there was like a movie that I watched. It was about this guy that um, like was graduated Harvard and was like a genius, was going to like be a millionaire. But then he moved to the woods and isolated himself to like figure out the meaning of life. And like all he came up with, like, is that it should be shared with other people. Yeah. And so. Absolutely. Damn. I have nothing can, else to say. It, it can get like super deep. You could think that like people running hundred mile races are like super hard. Oh, like, Oh, like I'm going to do this. Like, no, these people are like very emotional and deep human beings that are looking to find something in themselves and the people that they're sharing the experience with. Um, like each person that I'm going to run with each person that's going to be there um like i'm gonna share a specific relationship with and like have a memory of that with like each person yeah i mean that's that's the beauty about these like extra or like extreme sports is that it is so out of the box that you will remember it in such a different way because it's it stands out it's not something you do on a like you can't run on a daily basis like such a run you can run on a daily basis a half marathon if you desire to so i mean but like not to discredit like different achievements i think everyone has their own like ways of like um like positioning or like to like rank what it means to them i feel like you just got at this point that this is such a big event for you Mm-hmm. It has so much more meaning than just running it and like just achieving that. But like, it's much more, it's like you transitioning from like someone who honestly didn't really like running from what I've understood mm-hmm. um, to someone who was like really into it and like gotten vegan and like sees so much more about it. So that's like beautiful to see how that like all developed. Yeah, I think. It's also important just to be grateful of um, one, being able to do something like that or do anything physical. There's plenty of people, one, that don't have the time or two, like literally are not physically able to do something like that or run a half marathon or anything. Um, There's plenty of people that are in a war right now or like fighting for their life like with cancer or whatnot, like people stuck Mm -hmm. in hospitals. So to be able to um, get out of my comfort zone and use my health and my um, youth is like, it's a blessing and you got to be grateful for it while you have it. Yeah, absolutely. Should we stop on these beautiful words? Because I don't think I can top it. <laughs> I don't think I can go any further or I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Wow, that was, I got really emotion for you, huh? <laughs> All right, well, um, I will say um, to the listeners, thank you for listening um, to Matt 
lots of success. I hope you can manage to achieve all your goals that you have set out during this episode. And um, let's hope your dad becomes a fan of like running or like, I don't know, changing his diet because of you. That would be amazing. And um, from my side, I have nothing else to say. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we'll see what happens on the next episode. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure there will be a lot of um, whining about how I feel like shit. I can't but, wait. Uh, yeah, I'll see you on the other side. It's been it's been a wonderful podcast today. <laughs> can't wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, and um, next time we'll hear about Matthew's horrible life. <laughs> All right, peace out. Peace. <laughs>